Thanks for downloading this week's podcast from Crossroads. We are glad you took the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can find out more information at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends. Let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Videos of our messages are also online at hope at crossroads.org. And now Here's this week's podcast. Amen. Are you thankful for that amazing grace of God? Amen. Uh, I know you're standing up here and saying, hey, you're not Jack, and that's true. Uh, I'm not Jack. <laughs> and uh, funny story, okay? So uh, uh, part, part of our Africa team uh, made it back um, this week, and... Uh, uh, but because of what what we deem to be a false positive, um, Joey and Jack uh, got delayed. We will say that. Uh, so they, they got delayed on their return back. And um, the good news is as of 8.20 uh, this morning, uh, they are uh, on American soil. And uh, so praise the Lord. Um, and... Uh, Lynette and Lisa, I know, are sure are overjoyed with that, but uh, they they landed in Atlanta about 8.20, and uh, they are probably in a car, uh, maybe right now, on the way back up 85 uh, to be here. So, but, um, you know, we don't know um, why things happen, but we know that in all things, God is in control, and so uh, so we praise God for that, and... Uh, you know, uh, I was telling the team, worship team Thursday, uh, as I found out uh, that I was going to be preaching again, that um, this didn't take God by surprise. And uh, maybe there, were, there was just someone else there um, where, they were, where they were lodging uh, that needed to hear the gospel. And uh, for that, uh, we're thankful that, uh, that God has continued to protect them. So, uh, we do ask that you pray for them as they as they travel back uh, this morning uh, from Atlanta uh, to be back with with their families and be back uh, with us uh, this week sometime. So, um, but uh, thank you, Hannah, for reading that. Thank you, worship team. And um, today uh, we are going to take a little detour, uh, not because there's an under construction sign uh, and display back there, but because uh, God does things. Uh, as he wants, and we just follow. So, um, so if you will, uh, just bear with me. You know, uh, one of the things that that I love to do is uh, I, when I go out to uh, lunch at restaurants, I love to have uh, conversations with people. I know that shocks many of you uh, that that I would uh, start talking to strangers, but uh, but I do. I, I love talking to people, and I love hearing people's stories. Uh, many times as I go into these restaurants, uh, and uh, I frequent the same ones uh, mostly, and but I love just uh, carrying on conversations. I love talking to the waitresses, the waiters, the cashiers, whoever will talk to me. Uh, and um, it may it may go like this. It may be start by me asking them simply, "Hey, how can I pray for you?" And or it may be. Uh, that I noticed that they have a tattoo, and um, 
that has been an open door for me over the years. Uh, I just I love hearing people's stories uh, about their tattoos, uh, how they got it, why they got it, what you know the uh, what it's symbolic for, uh, the meaning behind it, and um, but um, I do that simply because it begins to help me understand part of their story. It helps me to understand a little bit about their life. And as they begin become comfortable with me, uh, I get to understand more of what they believe, why they believe it, and how their story uh, is impacted from that. It helps me to also to know how I can begin praying for them, and I do uh, for a lot of them. And then how can I pray for their families and their kids? Because after all, we all have a story to share. I could go around the room today and ask you, hey, what's your story? And you could start sharing it. Now, some of your stories would uh, be brief. Uh, some of your stories would maybe a little bit more lengthier. Um, because of circumstances and things that have happened in your life. But the fact is that just as uh, the people that I talk to have stories, uh, so do you. Uh, and I, will, I want to encourage you uh, that your story is important. Not only is it important to God, but it's important to other people. Because there are other people that God places in your life that need to hear your story. Why? Because God will use your story in their life to help them to know that there is hope, to help them to know uh, that there is a God, and to help them to understand that they are not alone. And today, we're going to look at one woman's story. Uh, Hannah, thank you for doing that. She kind of set the uh, stage for us. We're going to be in Ruth chapter 2, if you've got your Bible. Um, we're going to be uh, looking at a young woman's story. And just to kind of give you a little bit more background uh, of Ruth's story is uh, Ruth was a Moabite um, and who married an Israelite who came to her country because of a famine in Bethlehem and in the Judah area. <coughs> and during that time as their family was there, uh, she met um, this Israelite. Uh, she ended up marrying him. And marrying into the family. Uh, his brother also married a Moabite. Um, and during their time in Moab, not only did her husband's father pass away, but also her husband's brother and her husband both passed away. And so Ruth finds herself a widow. Um, who has a sister-in-law and a mother-in-law named Naomi. And Naomi gets word that things uh, are better in Bethlehem. And so she starts to head back with her daughter-in-laws. At some point in the story of the journey, in chapter 1 of Ruth, Naomi, out of good faith, was trying to do what she thought was best and encouraged both of her daughter-in-laws, to go back to their families in their country of Moab because what, in her terms, what do I have that I can give you? One of the daughter-in-laws named Orpah was 
uh, decided to go back to her family. But Ruth uh, decided that her family was now Naomi. And those words that Hannah so graciously uh, shared, Ruth tells Naomi this, Do not urge me to leave. You are to return from following you, for where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. You, your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. That's important there. When you die, I will die, and I will, there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death departs me. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. And Ruth, and that kind of picks us, gets us to Ruth chapter 2, where we understand that in these times, although Naomi and Ruth were back in Bethlehem, in Naomi's homeland, uh, they needed food, they needed to be provided for. So we pick up Ruth chapter 2. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the fields after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was the clan, from the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young men, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves. After the reapers, and she came, and she's continued from early morning till now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, do not glean in another field, or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping, and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink when, what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, you, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done. And a full reward be given by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings have come to take refuge. Then she said, I've found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you've comforted me and spoke kindly to your servant, though I'm not one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed her the roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. So when she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, let her glean among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an F of barley. And she took it up and went to the city and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought out the food that she had left over after being satisfied. 
And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed is the man who took notice of you. And she told her mother-in-law, The man's name with who I work today was Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord for whose kindness... He, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi said to her, The man is a close relative of ours and one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close to the young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi told her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go with his young men, young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest. And she lived with her mother-in-law. There are several things that we see in Ruth's story. We understand that Ruth was a Moabite. In other words, she was a foreigner in a foreign land. And she had a need. Her and her mother-in-law came back to Naomi's homeland. But yet, Naomi's husband had passed away. Naomi's sons, one of them being Ruth's husband, had passed away. And now they found themselves uh, in need. They still had to provide daily. So we see three things from Ruth's story, three lessons that I want to look at. The first one is this. We see that God's provision for Ruth. Ruth provided food for Naomi and herself by going and gleaning grain in one of the fields. It is no mistake that Naomi and Ruth returned back to Bethlehem at the time of the harvest when food was uh, at plentiful. And it was no surprise and it's no accident that Ruth went and gleaned in a field that she didn't know at first but happened to be one of her father-in-law's close, close relatives. We see God's provision and all, as Naomi goes out into the fields and she gleams from that that was left over from the reapers. We also see God's provision for Ruth when Boaz comes into Bethlehem and he sits down. Not only does he tell her to stay in this field and to glean Basically, whatever you need. But he also says, hey, I want you to come when you're thirsty, and I want you to draw water from the water that my reapers draw water from. Not only that, I want you to come and sit down and have a meal with us. God provided... There's no way that Ruth could have gone into the fields that that morning to glean... All she was thinking about was she was going to get enough food for her and for Naomi. She had no idea that she was going to run into Boaz. She had no idea what, that Boaz was going to show her kindness because of the kindness that she had shown to her mother-in-law by sticking with her instead of going back to her family. God provides for his people. And God provided for this Moabite woman who was not an Israelite, who was in a foreign land, but God provided for her. Why? Because God is good. And God is merciful. We understand that Ruth had come to know God as Naomi knew God. 
No longer was she following after the Moabite gods and, and the pagan uh, rituals that the Moabites did. Why? Be, how do we know that? Because she says, your people, in verse chapter 1, she says, your people shall be my people and your God my God. There we see her confession that the God that Naomi served was now the God that Ruth was going to serve. We see God's provision for Ruth. Not only Ruth, but for Naomi. And it came from an unlikely source to an unlikely Moabite. She was an outsider. There was nothing that said that they had to let her glean out of that field. She wasn't an Israelite. But she needed provision and God provided. Let me ask you a question today. How many times have you been in need? Whether it be food or whether it be finances or whether it be uh, a vehicle or whether it be a place to stay and God, out of his goodness, provided in a way that you never saw coming, but God provided. Why? Because God provides for his people. It's who he is. It's part of his character. And God provides for Ruth in this situation. Not only do we see God's provision for Ruth, but we also see God's protection for Ruth. Ruth was gleaning from these fields. And out of all the fields, she ends up in Boaz's field, gleaning harvest. Many times in these days, men would take advantage of, of women. They would assault them. But yet Boaz said, in verse 8, Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? Imagine being an outsider in a foreign land around a bunch of people that you didn't know. Imagine how nervous that would make you feel. But yet, God, through Boaz, made sure that Ruth was going to be protected. Boaz didn't have to keep her in the field, but he told her, stay here. Don't go into other fields. I know it's, it's harvest time and there's plenty and there's plenty of fields to glean the, the barley from and all, but I want you to stay here. Why? Because Boaz was an honorable man. Boaz was someone that was from the line and the clan of Elimelech. He was a relative. And family takes care of family, right? It's no accident that Ruth ended up in Boaz's field. Because God had a plan all along. Not only was it to provide for Ruth and Naomi, but it was to protect, Naomi, protect Ruth as she worked. Ruth meets Boaz. 
Boaz takes care of Ruth. Not only does he provide protection, he provides food when she's hungry. He provides water when she's thirsty. And God's hand is all over it. So many times in our lives, we need God's provision in our life to get through a day, to get through a week, to get out of a country, and to get back home. And God provides. So many times, we need God's protection as well. This whole time, I, I thought in these last couple of days, one of Joey's biggest fears happened. He had a positive test, a false positive, because he got a negative test as well later on. But I can imagine the fear of being out of the country for the very first time in your life, being so far away from home, in a culture that you have no idea about. But all that week, Joey had seen God's provision and protection. And even today, we've seen God's protection and provision to get them back home. God protected Ruth. God provided for Ruth. And if we stop the story here, it seems to be unfinished. But the story doesn't end in chapter 2. There's actually... Two more chapters. In chapter 4, we see God's redemption for Ruth. The story goes that Ruth in chapter 3 goes and to meet Boaz at the threshing floor as he's threshing out the harvest. And she basically gives him a proposal and asks him to redeem her. To redeem the land that belonged to Naomi's husband. And in that, not only would Naomi be redeemed, but so would Ruth. And the Moabite would be taken care of for the rest of her life. Boaz, as I said, being the honorable man said, I will do what you ask, but here's the key. There is another relative that is closer than I. And by the law, I have to give him the option to redeem you first. So Boaz, being the honorable man, said, hey, I want you to stay here. The next morning he goes out, he meets this other relative at the gate basically, which is their town hall where transactions and deals went, were made. <clears throat> and he, gives, he, he shares the story with the Redeemer. And the Redeemer at first says, yes, I will redeem uh, the land for Naomi. 
But when he finds out that Ruth is a package deal and her being a Moabite uh, decides, hey, this is probably not in my best interest. And, you know, and he, says, he says, Boaz, you, know, uh, you can redeem it. And Boaz does. And we see in the first part of chapter 4, the transaction take place. And then, in verse 10, it says, excuse me, let's go back to verse 9 of chapter 4. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I've bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and Malon. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I've bought to be my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Your witnesses this day. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And the Lord gave her a son and she bore a son. And we see in the end of chapter 4 that they gave him the name Obed. Now Obed may not mean much to you if you've not grown up in the church and all, but, but Obed was a very important character in God's plan of redemption, not only for David and the line in which the Messiah was going to come through, but it was also a plan of redemption and all that involves us as well. Ruth finds out from her mother-in-law that Boaz was a close relative Boaz redeems Ruth and takes him as his wife. Listen to this. You say, well, who is Obed? Why would you name somebody Obed? I don't know. And, uh, some people might have said, why would you name your son Heath? I don't Big Valley. Big Valley. That's why. Uh, some of you people understand that. But it says, verse 17, a son has been born to Naomi because not only did God redeem, we see God's redemption for Ruth, but we see God's redemption for Naomi as well because with the birth of Obed, Ruth went from being a bitter widow to a gracious grandmother. But it said they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. You know, David, the little shepherd boy who grew up, who slayed the giant, who became king, who we read about last week in Psalm 23, who we will look at later on in Psalm 51. David was not a perfect man, but it was God's plan of redemption. Let me read you this. Now, these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Hang on to that. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. You see... On the surface, it doesn't look like it's that big of a deal. I'm not a big genealogy person, but my wife is. 
and she does all this genealogy with our, with our family lines, and she's going on Ancestry.com, and she's done all this stuff. And, and you may be into that, and I think that's great. I've learned more through that uh, because of my wife that I did uh, that I knew uh, before. But genealogy is important. Why? Because it tells us from where we came. And it said that Obed was the father of Jesse and Jesse the father of David. God not only provided for Ruth, not only did he protect Ruth through Boaz, he redeemed Ruth through Boaz. You say, well, okay. So what's her story? If Ruth were standing here today telling you her story, it may sound like this. And your story is your testimony, folks. Let's, let's understand that. I married an Israelite who came to Moab, who died and I became a widow. And I moved to Bethlehem with my mother-in-law. And I met Boaz, and Boaz redeemed me. And he remembered. And let me just tell you how good God is. She would say. Because it's God's amazing grace. That brought me from Moab to Bethlehem. And it was God's amazing grace that took me from Bethlehem to a field with a guy named Boaz. And I am not worthy of what I've been given. But God is good. You say, how? Because God took a foreigner and he redeemed her for his glory and our good. And God will use people that we wouldn't necessarily think that he would use for his glory and for our good. You see, because Boaz had a mom, and his mom wasn't that great of a woman, but God used her. Her name was Rahab. You remember the prostitute that hid the spies? And this is my testimony, that I went from being a a foreigner who served pagan gods and who did a lot of uh, bad things. And God brought me to a place in Bethlehem where I met a man named Boaz. And Boaz redeemed me. And you know what? Thousands of years later, there was another guy that came from Bethlehem. His name was Jesus. And Jesus was part of the story of God's redemption plan. And, all, and Ruth was part of that because she gave birth to Obed, who eventually gave birth to Jesse and David, who eventually, through David's lineage, came the Messiah and the Savior of the world, who, because he came, recon- gave a place of an opportunity of reconciliation so that what we didn't deserve, we 
we're able to receive because of the amazing grace of God. You see, that's her testimony. A young Moabite woman who God used as a part of his redemption plan. Not only for her, but also for mankind. That is her story. And part of God's big plan of redemption that leads to the birth of Jesus. There's a song that, a worship song that's fairly new. And it's called, This Is My Testimony. And you and I are here today, not by accident, but by God's ordained plan that we may be reminded that if we are a believer in Christ, we've got a story to share to the nations of how God's amazing grace is so powerful. Let me read you these words to the chorus of the song. This is my testimony from death to life. Because grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. And there may be somebody here today. And you're struggling with depression. You're struggling with addiction. You're struggling with the fact that you're alone. And maybe that you're, you've been told time after time after time again that you are not good enough. And here's the truth. You're not good enough. But here's the great thing. Neither am I. And neither is anybody else in this room. But here's the big picture. Jesus is good enough. And he can save you. And he can bring you and he can redeem you from that addiction. He can redeem you from depression, from mental health, from anything that you're struggling with. All you have to do is receive it. Because the grace that God offers, he offers freely to all of us today. For some of us in this room, we've already been recipients of that grace. But for somebody in this room, maybe today you're here because you needed to know that you've got a story. And God is rewriting your story if you'll receive his grace. And he wants to take you from death to life so that you can testify that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you that you took a young Moabite woman who in, on the surface looked like she had no place in that town of Bethlehem. But God, you wrote her story so that we could understand your story. Your story of provision, your story of protection, and your story of redemption. 
when Jesus came to this earth. And he hung on the cross for the sins of the world. That all who call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. Father, may we be reminded today that we all have a story. And if we will allow you to work in our life and to reconcile us through Jesus Christ, Lord, we've got a story worth telling. And that somebody else outside of these doors needs to hear our story of redemption. Because every life matters. And every story matters to God. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we sing. I hope you've been reminded today that you've got a story to tell. That God's not finished with you. If you need to respond as the Spirit leads, and I'll I'll be down here. I'd love to pray with you. The altar's open. And you move as the Lord leads. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message from Crossroads. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. The last year has been one of chaos and confusion, and we know many have become isolated and lonely. You can get Pastor Jack's new book, The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World, a great resource that will help you or you can give to a friend who might be struggling. This resource is also available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again next week.